This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Sunday. Clinically, Warlord, Chainsaw, my friends. So glad to see you here on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to anyone who's celebrating. My buddy called me to smoke a bowl with me earlier, and he's like, you know what? You're a really good cat, Dad. Happy Father's Day to you. I'm like, okay, I guess. I guess I'll accept. But if you if you are a father out there, if you're a father to a uh, fur baby, if you're a father to an actual baby, Shelly, good evening. I, we still don't know what's going on with Twitch. But apparently, everybody is abandoning Twitch. Also, if I if I do even get my Twitch back, uh, apparently I can't simulcast on other channels anymore. So, Twitch just be dead. But that doesn't mean we're not going to find out what that news be doing. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming now. It had been sporadic for a little bit. At least the Troll Patrol is back right now. I I was going to start back doing the freaking news tomorrow. And my God, I have so much work to do after I get off here. I, I mean, I'm making that money money. But God damn, they working me to death. I just want to play video games. I did not pack a bowl before I was able to go live here. I was too busy making tea. Because you know I'm not high enough for this shit, even though I haven't even gone into what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, as always, it's just another day in Mass Shooting USA. Multiple shootings over the weekend, music festival, a Juneteenth celebration. At least four dead, numerous injured. Christy Nome, the governor of South Carolina. I'm sorry, not South Carolina. God damn it, South Dakota. There's a world of difference between South Carolina and South Dakota. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, and did she did she enter the presidential race? She's been making overtures. I don't even remember if she officially declared now. Possible vice presidential candidate, though I'm convinced Trump will pick Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm I'm certain of that now. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, says that her two-year-old granddaughter already has guns. We're going to show you some Juneteenth celebrations taking place over the weekend that didn't turn violent. One in Colorado, one in Tennessee and Nashville. We're going to talk to... It's Not only is it Juneteenth... Um, Tomorrow, the federal holiday is tomorrow. Pork, what is going on? Uh, today is 
Father's Day. Father's Day. So we're going to hear from the Congressional Dad's Caucus. So you're going to see the Dad's Cock tonight. <laughs> ah, ah. You live in sexual anarchy. It is a fake holiday. I agree. Not Juneteenth. Juneteenth is a real holiday. Father's Day is a fake holiday. Let's, just, let's make that perfectly clear. Uh, Warlord, however, would not know what Juneteenth is, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Warlord knows what Juneteenth is, not because... Um, I, was, I was implying that Warlord wouldn't know what Juneteenth is because Warlord is British. However, Warlord probably knows because Warlord is intelligent and well-informed. So my apologies, Warlord, for June. The entire month of June is fake. It is not Pride Month here in the United States. It's definitely not Pride Month in the UK. Why is your Prime Minister a transphobe? Would you like to answer for Rishi Sunak apparently caught on leaked uh, video making transphobic comments? During Pride Month, it is never okay to make transphobic comments, but especially, especially in this year Pride Month. What the fuck? Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. We'll get to that here in a little bit, plus a, a slew of... Stories about the continued attack on the LGBTQ community. A Utah city violated the First Amendment by denying a drag show. We're talking about the protests that took place outside of Dodger Stadium, where they were honoring an LGBTQ nun group. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I believe, was the name of the group. Interesting story here where researchers... Put out a call for people to take some MDMA so that they could study. One of the respondents to the study was a Nazi. Renounced his beliefs after apparently taking MDMA and finding out that other people have feelings. That's it's a it's a meme that goes around or a Reddit post or some shit where they're like, uh, this libertarian told me that he took some MDMA and then realized other people have feelings. Quit being a libertarian. That's pretty much it. Yes, yes. We'll we'll get into that. The there's a reason why tribes, ancient civilizations incorporated hallucinogenics into their uh, spiritual religious practices. It really helps with a thing called ego death. We're going to talk about the DOJ report on policing in Minneapolis. It is a scathing report. A Detroit police sergeant was given a last chance before uh, legal proceedings move forward against him. Find out why. You're on the Troll Patrol at 8. Uh, I miss I missed the anniversary, but I, I found this story. I found this little clip. We're going to play it because uh, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic to listen to. 
Apparently, Patty Smith, about 45 years ago, was on the radio with Ted Nugent and punched the motherfucker. And we have the clip from the radio, so that's going to be fun. I got a couple, we're going to do sports tonight. I got a couple of really cool sports clips. I got a grandmother that caught a snake barehanded. Speaking of catching a snake, we're going to hear about the latest in the Trump saga. And apparently, apparently the witnesses, the whistleblowers in the, in the Biden case, the Hunter Biden laptop case, uh, they may not even exist. These audio recordings that Republicans have been talking about may not even exist. I'm not high enough for this shit. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. Here's your meme of the day. How U.S. history is taught versus what actually happened. (laughs) For those of you who might be listening to the audio portion of the show, um, that is Hulk Hogan from the 80s waving the United States flag versus Hulk Hogan in the 90s with the world title spray-painted with the NWO What you gonna do, brother? This is Honest to God Marijuana again. Also, these nuts. The Bratad. Good evening, my friends. And getting high as a motherfucker. Oh, actually, the the weed store was running very low on a lot of types of flowers, and uh, I got I got my half ounce that I went for. Here a towel. But I had another twenty thirty dollars. I'm like, well, I like to I like to spend some money on on something, get something else to try out, right? But I'm look. They ain't got no pre rolls. They ain't got no individual grams. Anything else I can get? And he's like, "Well, can I interest you in some concentrate?" So I got myself some concentrate. I got some. And let me tell you, I the first the first time I smoked it, I did it in a, a like because I don't have I don't have a rig, and I know. I know there's, there are purists that are going to tell you, you got to have a rig, you got to have a nail. I even said it at the store. I was like, I don't have a rig, so like I'm just going to sprinkle it on top of other bowls. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally cool. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. But the first time I smoked it, I just I wanted to try it out. So I got a, I got a really, I got a clean glass bowl. I put a fresh green in it. And I put ash on the bottom of the screen the way I would smoke DMT. Uh, I've got the I've got the lighter. The butane lighter for it and everything. And uh, let me because it was I don't remember what kind it is, but it's something like tropical fruit shit or something. And it did. It tasted fruity as fuck. It was smooth. It was... Fa- and it, goddamn. So, the night that I smoked it, 
And by the time, like, I'm playing video games with my buddy Jesse. We're, we're playing, like, Hot Wheels, okay? The Hot Wheels racing game. And I'm talking like I had a stroke. Miss <laughs> Nixa! Fuck you in a hurry, indeed. God, I love this. This shit is so good, but also... As if, as if I don't hi have a high enough tolerance already, so I probably shouldn't keep sprinkling. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to save the biggest chunk of it back for later this week. Um, if you guys have, have, have heard me over the last couple of weeks, I'm very excited for the release of Final Fantasy 16. I told, I told my buddy I might skip the show on Thursday night and he's like you just came back you can't do that so he talked me into it so there'll at least be a a short show I don't even I don't even know if it's Wednesday night or Thursday like it's Thursdays when it comes out but it's probably Wednesday night I guess at midnight or something it releases I don't even fucking know I'll have to find that out but yeah yeah we'll we'll figure we'll figure that scheduling out you came tonight to find out what that news be doing so let's let's start off uh content warning in a an attack in uganda has left dozens of people dead i'm sorry let me get a better get a better video here dozens have been killed and at least six people were abducted this is a suspected rebel attack on a school in western Uganda 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 near the uh Near the Congo border. Ugandan forces said that the Allied Democratic Forces, a group linked with the Islamic State, carried out the attack. It's apparently at a secondary school. God damn. Oh, kid. And it looked like he looked like he got hit in the crotch. There's a blurred out picture of a kid and he's looked like he's holding his 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 nutsack. Wow, sorry buddy. Authorities are still searching for the abducted students and the attackers as the others in the community say the attack was preventable. didn't say who she was but she was cool I liked her so a rebel attack on a school apparently abducting students I assume they're holding them for ransom 
Meanwhile, here in the United States, it was a wild weekend. I know, I know. Say the line, Justin. Just another day. In mass shooting USA. Least four people killed, dozens injured in a chaotic night of mass shootings across the country. Fatal shootings broke out in Illinois, Missouri, and Washington in a night of gun violence that injured more than 30 people. This is scenes from an Illinois strip mall from last night. This was in Willow, Willow Park. A suburb of Chicago, I believe. I'm probably fucking up the name. This is where the video is from. 20 people shot, one dead. Willow Brook. The incident is unclear. Then this is still an active investigation. Individual who's dead, is it a man, a woman? I can't say at this time. Was it a shooter? I can't say that either. Very little information is known. At least four people were killed. More than two dozen others injured in shootings in Illinois, Missouri, and Washington State. Approximately 12, 25 a.m., police were called away due to a 911 call alleging a fight had broken out nearby. As deputies responded, they heard gunshots and immediately returned to the scene of the gathering. Preliminary witnesses and victim reports indicated that there were at least 20 individuals shot. This time, one victim is deceased. He said the victims were taken to nearby hospitals, adding that their names and ages were not available. Some people were also injured as they fled, but were not struck by gunfire. The motive behind this incident is unclear. Advocate Good Samaritan Hospital said it received 12 patients in relation to the shooting on Sunday, seven of whom were treated and released. Four patients remained in good condition. Some witnesses told NBC News Chicago they were leaving the gathering when uh, shots rang out. Do we have the eyewitness video? Right now we have breaking news out of suburban Willowbrook. A mass shooting has sent at least 10 people to the hospital. Details still coming in at this hour, but we do know some of those victims are reportedly critically injured. NBC finds Jen DeSalvo joins us now with the very latest. Jen? Thank Sorry? shooting has sent at least 10 people to the hospital. There we go. Coming in at this hour, but we do know some of those victims are reportedly critically injured. NBC finds Jen DeSalvo joins us now with the very latest. Jen? Thank Not high enough for this shit. 83 near about 94th Street in Willowbrook, the nearest intersection just up the street, 91st. Uh, two-lane highway in each direction in this strip mall behind me is where everything happened authorities say it was about 12 30 a.m so just after the midnight hour reports of shots fired triggered a massive emergency response surrounding suburbs also came to the scene to help as you see in this video right now DuPage county sheriff is reporting 10 patients were taken to the hospital two of them in critical condition at least five of those patients were gunshot victims and that is information that wild video fire chief about two hours ago you can see there is a ton of debris all over the parking lot one witness said it was a juneteenth celebration literally we were actually getting ready to go yeah. as we were getting ready to go we gathered everybody else that was with us 
they, we just started hurting shoot a cup before we had them, so we dropped down. Mm -hmm. We dropped down until they stopped. They just kept going. Um, after that, we literally scattered away and just start trying to check up on everybody. There. We know. We know that 12 ambulances had been called overnight, but we have been hearing from other sources. More people may have self-transported. I know this is uh, vain of me and with such a serious story, I shouldn't bring it up. But most people can't pull off bangs. She looks really cute with them. Kept going. Um, after that, she pulls bangs off. Good on her and just start trying to check up on everybody there. We know, we know that 12 ambulances had been called overnight, but we have been hearing from other sources. More people may have- Yeah, her hair looks really good. To ...local hospitals. We will keep you updated if that is the case all morning. Now, taking a look here live on the scene, you can see Joe Amiglio, our photojournalist, is showing you what is happening. The entire- I'm sorry you've had a hard time with kick. ...breakfast location. Everything is closed down as of 5 o'clock this morning. There are still a ton of emergency- Can't get to the liquor store. ...they brought in a spotlight because everything did happen in the overnight hours. It's a very dark area, but the sun's coming up. Investigation's going to take quite a long time. We don't exactly know when any of these businesses will be open this morning. In Willowbrook, I'm Jen DeSalvo, NBC5 News. All right, we'll be checking back with you. Thank you, Jen. I hope you weren't planning to go anywhere there to get like a biscuit or something this morning. So in St. Louis, a shooting killed one person. This Father's Day, families across the St. Louis region woke to the news of yet another mass shooting. Initial reports of 10 of our babies shot downtown and a young life lost. It's every parent's worst nightmare tenfold. And my heart goes out to all of the families in pain today. So at approximately 1.03 a.m. this morning, uniformed officers were manning fixed posts diverting vehicular traffic at the intersection of 14th and Washington, right there where the building is, only a, uh, only a hundred feet away from where this building is. Observed a large number of individuals running from the building at 1409 Washington Avenue. I don't know what Twitch is doing. It doesn't make sense. Multiple calls came in for a shooting at a party on the fifth floor where multiple people had been shot. Numerous officers from this detail, officers signed to District 4, as well as uniformed and plainclothes detectives from various supporting units responded to the area immediately. Initial investigation indicates a large social gathering was held on the fifth floor of 1409 Washington Avenue, which is set up as an office space. The scene investigation revealed numerous shell casings. Taurus! Multiple firearms were recovered at the scene, including AR-style rifle pistols as well as a handgun, which was found in the possession of a person of interest who's a juvenile, which was taken into custody by plainclothes detectives responding immediately to the area. A total of 10 victims suffered apparent sh uh, gunshot wounds, including the deceased, who's identified as 17-year-old Mikhail Moore. A 19-year-old male suffered gunshot wounds to his arm, groin, and legs. A 19-year-old male suffered gunshot wound to his back. How many groin injuries have we covered already today? Left side, a 
17-year-old male suffered a possible graze wound to his face. And you guys know the only groin injuries I support is kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. I'm sorry, it echoes. I'm sorry, it echoes. Uh, they mention the Washington shooting in the headline, but they don't actually get into it. Oh shit! There is. I thought I did the uh, the YouTube emotes right, but apparently my emotes don't work on YouTube. Yeah, a music festival in Washington also experienced a mass shooting, and I have a local news hit regarding it. They're community together leading up to Juneteenth. Oh, nope. That ain't it. I'll have to read it. Two dead, three injured after shooting at uh, George Amphitheater Campground. Two people were killed and another three injured after a shooting at George Amphitheater Campground on Saturday night. One suspect is in custody. Police say uh, one of the three, uh, say it is also one of the three that was injured. The Grant County Sheriff's Office received reports of an active shooter around 8.25 p.m. on Saturday telling people at the gorge to seek cover. Did I say George? I guess it's the gorge. Just the, it's, uh, it's probably a gorge. An hour later, Jorge. It's a Jorge and not a gorge? Clinically is usually right when clinically gives me phonetical pronunciations. I'm, is it not gorge? Fuck Nazis indeed. I think we're, I think we're talking about a gorge. I think we're talking about a gorge amphitheater, maybe. Cause he says at the gorge. Maybe you would say at the Jorge. An hour later, they further clarified that a shoot. See, this, this is why I wanted a video so that we could have a local news anchor tell us exactly how to say it. During a subsequent press conference, the sheriff's office said the shooter appeared to have fired randomly into the crowd at people at the campground. Well, the rest of Saturday night's concert continued its plan. The festival organizer, Insomniac Events, announced early Sunday morning that the final night of the event had been canceled. That's probably best. Beyond Wonderland at the Gorge at the Jorge. At Jorge's Gorge. Boom! Canceled on the final night because it is just another day. Oh, shit. I gotta get a new mouse. Yeah, I guess my emotes don't show up. Mater, no, you 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 ruined your chance on ER. I I I asked Mater. I said, "Give me an episode to watch." Mater said, "Start at the beginning. Watch all of them." I'm like, "No, that's not how this works. You could have won me over. If you if I recommend a show to you, I will give you like the title of an episode. Tell you like, oh, it's like the season five premiere or something. Watch it." <laughs> Clinically coming in hot. 
I like George Clooney. I I'm not opposed to an ER, but like I I asked this motherfucker to give me like a, a specific episode that'll win me over. What? No, no, gotta be obstinate about it. <laughs> Fucking ER. I ain't got time for ER. I'm gonna be playing Final Fantasy 16. Even after the deadly weekend. We, 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 we still have politicians out here saying the dumbest shit. I don't know if she actually said it this weekend. It could just be resurfacing this re- weekend. South Dakota Governor Christy Nome sparks outrage after telling the NRA her one-year-old granddaughter already has a shotgun and rifle. The South Dakota governor, Christy Noe, made the comments at an NRA conference. Her almost one-year-old granddaughter, Little Miss Addie, has a shotgun and a rifle. So apparently this is a picture of Little Miss Addie, who, adorable, adorable with your little boots and your bow and your hair. It's not your fault. That your your grandmother is a piece of shit. It looks like she's doing like a there. She's trying to get my ma'am. Don't look at me like that. You live in sexual anarchy. This is the video. For those of you with grandchildren, there is no question as to why we get up every day and we fight. We get up every day and we fight for our values. Little Miss Addie who is almost two, and Branch, who's just a few months old, they have brought us so much joy. They've brought us purpose. Now, Addie, who, you know, soon will need them, I want to reassure you, she already has a shotgun and she already has a rifle. And she's got a little pony named Sparkles, too, so the girl is set up. I feel sorry. Her pony's name is Sparkles. That's disgusting. Do not soil the good name of Sparkles, ma'am. Now, that's just a joke, but still, that joke is in poor taste. Especially given the events of this weekend when it's just another day in Mass Shooting USA. So I don't know how much, like, I shouldn't hold a joke again. I say some horrible shit. That's so much joy. They brought us purpose. Now, Addie, who, you know, soon will need them, I want to reassure you, she already has a shotgun and she already has a rifle. Oh. And she's got a little pony named Sparkles, too, so the girl is set up. Do you want it to be a leftist stream? Right now we're just watching a kid catch a fish because it auto-played. I mean, it's cute. I I hate kids. Hell yeah. Listen, listen, listen. 
my my political views uh, pretty much center around one thing and one thing only is I like to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. So what whatever uh, political views allow me piss in his eye pussy. Apparently, apparently my stream is more uh, leftist than I am. Oh, you see, that is Socrates on the couch. Dustin, good evening. Also, uh, Morphus, Morphus McGorphus. <laughs> Welcome in. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Yes, I am Justin freaking here on the Troll Patrol. We do the night, nightly news. I think it may happen. I think Trump is doing everything he can to make it happen. We're going to talk about Trump here in just a little bit. Professional douche. It's an interesting name. Uh, let's talk about Juneteenth. Tomorrow is Juneteenth. It is even a federal holiday. You will not get your mail. Several things will not be open. Banks. Banks will not be open tomorrow, so be aware of that. The party starts today. Our Marissa Armas was at a music festival that kicked off a full weekend of events. Hell yeah. A celebration of black culture in Denver's Five Points neighborhood. Love, community, family, it's a lot. Like it. I'll smoke to that. Juneteenth Festival bringing a parade, music, and festivities for the community to honor the day. Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the United States for black people. Happy Juneteenth! Oh, it's everything. It's about history, culture. It's bringing our people back together. We are somebody, and we have to stand together and realize that and rise to our full potential. For many, it's a time to honor those who fought the good fight before them. I'm, I'm sad you don't get tomorrow off. I won't be taking it off. She has had a beauty salon in the community, so she's been through all of it. You know, there was certain areas she could only live in and um, work in, and she was blessed. And so I'm here celebrating her. I'm here celebrating our family, um, and we've come a long way. Despite June 19th being recognized as a oh, fuck yeah. holiday and the increasing popularity of the day across the country, Many believe more work needs to be done. While I'm very happy um, to see it grow, you know, um, I still think they can do more to highlight the community. And it's not just one day, you know, it's a collective all year round. Honoring the black community for its sacrifices and contributions, sharing the love with everyone. And this is a beginning for us to stand together and continue to fight where they left off. In Denver, Marissa Armas covering Colorado First. Well, Juneteenth. So that was the Juneteenth celebration in Denver. This is the one in Nashville. Some lighter news to share. It is a three-day weekend across Tennessee. Monday being Juneteenth, now officially a state holiday, and the party is on at Hadley. Yeah, I'm going the other way. I got I got the heavier news coming up. Was there too, and she tells us why the celebrations go far beyond just this weekend. 
It's an event dozens say means more to them than just food and music. I'm standing in the middle of a celebration some are calling life-changing. We're uh, celebrating with the community, excited uh, about the entire weekend. A two-day event filled with food, history, and entertainment for hundreds of people like Alicia Haddock. Torres, good evening. One man's realization. I took my daughters downtown for the 4th of July to watch. No, actually, the show's pretty pretty light tonight, clinically. But I'm looking in the sky and I'm watching the fire. We started with the mass shootings. Oh, wow. It hit me. We, we get a little bit of cop news. That's when Julius Jackson created this, the Music City Freedom Festival, a celebration of the day all slaves in the South learned that they had been freed. We do this every year to celebrate the emancipation of the enslaved people from in America. With 95 vendors, 18 food trucks, live music, public speakers, art installations, yeah. history lessons, hundreds like Haddock are celebrating in preparation for Juneteenth. That park is amazing. Federal holiday since 2021. This is what we want to get used to. This is in Nashville, Tennessee. Reprieve, right? Everything has been so heavy on us. So it's good just to take a breather and enjoy the day. And she isn't the only one speaking out in relief. It means freedom, liberty, peace. We don't get it 365 days a year. So if we'll take it, if I can get it on this one day. Love her earrings. It's a beautiful thing. As Nashville natives Robert Davidson and Haddock say, these celebrations are leaving lasting impacts on not just the community, but the whole nation. As we understand and un uncover freedoms on a daily basis, then everybody will want to take part. Everybody will want to come and celebrate. We'll start fucking with people when they come in. This event will happen right here at Hadley Park every year to recognize history. In Nashville, Sharon Dinkwa, WSMV 4. Yeah, Sharon, thank you. I'm start fucking people when they come in and ask if this is a leftist stream. I'll be like, no, I'm a skinhead. Look at me. <laughs> I got the pride flag in the background. Not only is tomorrow uh, Juneteenth, several places celebrating Juneteenth over the weekend. Today... Father's Day. It is Father's Day, and what better way to celebrate Father's Day on a political show than to hear from the Congressional Dads Caucus. As we celebrate dads this Father's Day weekend, there is a push in our nation's capital to reimagine a father's role at home. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. This year, as House Republicans fought amongst themselves to name a speaker, California Congressman Jimmy Gomez went viral, not for how he voted, but for who he brought along for the historic ride. His infant son, Hodge, literally got to hang out on the House floor. A few weeks later, Congressman Gomez announced the creation of the Dad's Caucus, this panel of pops fighting not only for who tells the better dad joke, but for serious issues working families face. Are we going to hear dad jokes? Family leave. I sat down with members of the Dad's Caucus, Congressman Jimmy Gomez, Morgan McGarvey, Kevin Mullen, and Brendan... Dad cock! ...father has changed their approach to legislating. And full disclosure, my brother is a member of the Dad's Caucus. Her brother has a dad's cock. You live in sexual parent, anarchy. You realize as a parent that the choices you're going to make as an individual 
are not enough, that you're operating within multiple systems, you're operating within a healthcare system, sometimes you're operating within an immigration system, sometimes you're operating within a childcare system, a system that in this country has been called a broken market. And I think until you have those moments, sometimes you don't realize the way that our lives and the choices our government makes intersect with the way that we're able to parent. For each of you, what was a moment? Is there only four people in the dad's caucus? That your own grit and determination and love was just not- There's only four dad cocks. Shortly after the birth of our twins, uh, I was serving in the state legislature in California with Jimmy, the founder of the dad's caucus, and uh, pretty much pulling my hair out and, and um, doing the drive uh, back. No, 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 no. Certainly uh, some time. You don't have to pull your hair out, sir. If you want to trim your dad's cock, you just get you some Manscape. This would be a perfect plug if Manscape was a sponsor of this stream. I'd be <laughs> oh. Time at home with the newborns, but when I tried to uh, start doing my commute back and forth to Sacramento again, just the realization of the challenges of working parents, it really lands on you. We had the benefit of having uh, my mother-in-law to help with these two twins when I was on the road doing Joseph, my friend. So many people don't Plenty of cocks. that benefit. So uh, it was a wake-up call for me just that it became very real. For me, it's interesting. It was really right after um, my wife gave birth to my uh, our son, Hodge. Um, she ended up being um, having blurry vision, high blood pressure, so we had to take her back to Aww. the hospital. She had um, postpartum preeclampsia. And that, women often, that die, often like 40% die after childbirth. And we had- No limb cocks. Into the hospital. We had to leave them with my mother. And we were lucky that she was there. So the system is very good. And like, oh, we're gonna treat the mothers up until they give birth. I don't know, guys. I mean, is it is it wrong of me to to say which one of these is fuckable? Because I don't know. I don't know that I'm into any of them except maybe this dude. He's he's kind of a he's a zaddy. He's got those chiseled good looks and shit. I don't know about you guys. What what do you think? Maybe maybe you like a little spicy taco. God, was that racist to me? <laughs> but they don't really give that much help when it comes to that what they call that fourth trimester so then that was one of the like what, this is a serious topic we had help what happens if you don't have help you're gonna take the your your son or your daughter back into the hospital how long do you have to be there what happened but may i point out again that it's like dudes talking about women's issues it's a very important women's issue but then again it's it's fun it's it's dad's day so i don't know of something maybe I'm just being too woke so um, those I think that's when I realized that some of the stuff is out of our our, Stop yours, our twins are first two were we'll born see who cancels who they were born weighing a pound and a half and a pound and 15 ounces each spent a long time in the, uh, the NICU the neonative intensive care intensive care unit we're fighting for our kids in the NICU and just fighting and fighting and fighting and literally that's part of the reason it's I too much cock it's right after they were born we were able to get him home from the hospital. I ran for the state senate. My first year, we passed an insurance mandate. 
so that Medicaid and insurance companies in Kentucky would cover this type of life-saving care for babies. Like Eddie Munster became a, a representative. That might not be enough, and it's a policy reason. So we decided to do every big uh, life event all at exactly the same time. So uh, we had our daughter just while I was running for Congress a couple months before my election. After I won, uh, here we have, you know, at that point, a nine-month-old. And for my wife, who's an elementary school teacher, once we priced out childcare, we realized we couldn't afford it. So my wife actually stayed home for the first four years because, you know, now she wanted to stay home as well and looked at that as, as a lot of advantages to that. But frankly, once we calculated salary versus what childcare costs, it was a pretty obvious decision. So then years later, when we were debating and, and writing uh, part of legislation that passed the House but didn't pass the Senate, expanded childcare, I told that story and that there are so many uh, families that are really impacted by this. It's one thing to know about something as an issue. It's another thing to have a lived experience of it. Congressman Gomez, make the argument to me for why we need a dad's caucus. Well, we need to step up on these issues. Um, we need to lend our voices. Uh, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons... In all fairness, Porg, I know you well enough to know that um, you'd probably fuck all four of them. don't have kids uh, because they don't think that they can do, do both. And, and, and we don't have a very friendly institution. There's more dads serving in Congress now with kids under six than women. There's more dads serving in Congress now with kids under 16. And we need a John Boner is a is a boner kill. Waging on paid family leave, child care. So I meant to say his name correctly. We need to step up and, and do our part. Because if it's not a whole family approach, people are going to always say that's just for women. That's just for kids. They're not going to see it's about the family, about our economy. It's about our communities. Um, so the Dad's Caucus is, is stepping up. But it's in the end, it's not about viral moments. It's not about, oh, look at that dad taking care of their kid because women do that every single day. It's about pushing real policies and real results. Now it's time for the fun portion of this interview. We're <laughs> going to do a, a, a rapid response here. <laughs> Who is the disciplinarian in each of your families? That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it when a woman is like, now for the fun portion, and she's surrounded by guys. Go to me. Made me uncomfortable. Ask for certain things she wants, and... I may say yes. Didn't know what was going on there. Contradicted a decision that had been made. Always on the same page, Congressman Moyle. That's number one. We have to uh, get our messaging uh, in alignment. So I've now learned, ask your mother. That's the best response. So definitely uh, my wife. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to give a My thought. wife. My wife is an absolutely amazing woman. She works full-time outside the home. We have three small kids. I mean, she is just an incredible person. On the disciplinarian front, though, I would say we kind of do it jointly. Um, because, I mean, look, it's by necessity. One thing we've You're learned is you work, we're outnumbered, <laughs> and you can't let them divide and conquer, right? They can't have a weak front and a strong front. So, I mean, we really try to support each other in that way out of necessity. I mean, she's, she's awesome. I think on the discipline side, it really is kind of a joint effort. I'm going to bring up the other thing that mothers often... Oh, this is still going on. ...mental load, the sort of tick-tock of when camps need to be registered for and who needs who has a half a day and what needs to be picked up at the grocery store in each of your lives who is it that is if, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna fuck one it's definitely this dude during the week i don't know how my <laughs> wife does it she works full-time um juggling these twins somehow keeps it all together 
and is so much more organized than I am. So, I mean, she is the rock. Uh, she's the sort of hub. And but I mean, it's Pride Month, so if they all want to take turns, I guess I'm down. Burdens, maybe not the right word, or maybe it is. But when I'm home Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning, I take more of that. Load, you live in sexual uh, anarchy. To, he takes more of that load. But that is the that is the hardest part is the juggling that your kids are different. I think the I think they were predominantly Democrats. My son would say Miss Rachel. My kids are obsessed with Paw Patrol. So they <laughs> can't really see anything beyond Paw Patrol right now. So I'll get back to you on Bluey. It's, it's Bluey. So we're, we're into Bluey, but also into Mira right now. Mira is a big one. Mira the detective. Um, and so the Paw Patrol is the only one of those I've heard of. Detective notebooks. What the fuck is Bluey? I ain't never heard of no Bluey. I don't know about no fisting now. I mean, I'm down with like a woman asked me if I would fist her one time. And I was like, well, that's it's not really anything I'm into. But if you're into it, like, I guess I could give it a shot. Oh, this the best thing about this is she lived next to me in college. And I had I had a girlfriend most of the time that she lived right next to me. And apparently apparently my girlfriend was really loud. So she complained numerous times to the whatever the whatever the fucking head of the housing person is or was at the time. She even left a note on my door one time that my music was too loud and my extracurricular activities were too loud. But after after uh, I broke up with that girlfriend, she had actually moved to another apartment, but on, on like in the same complex, just on, on like an, an, in another building. And she calls me one, not calls me, messaged me on Facebook or some shit. And says that like she was working on a paper and she can't like recover it on her flash drive or something and asked me to come over and yeah 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 uh eventually asked me if I would fist her I did not. I did not. And it wasn't, it wasn't cause I turned it down either. She's just like, you live in sexual she was, she, anarchy. She did not give enthusiastic consent to us. So therefore it never happened. <laughs> Bluey is, is nearly as popular as SpongeBob. Wow. Wow. That's a that's a big thing. You know who is nowhere near as popular as SpongeBob? The Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who was in China. Apparently, we're trying to avoid war. Well, no, like she she posed the question on if I would be willing to. She never asked me. To do, she like it never got that far. Like we we made out a little bit, and I I, I played with her her very ginormous uh, tatas. 
<laughs> I wasn't scared. No, I'm, I'm a trooper. I would have done it. Curiouser. Okay, so back back when I lived at Curiouser, uh, when her granddaughter came to visit, she was watching some show, and it was like a car wash or a, or a, a auto shop or something, and like the different cars had personalities or some shit. But it, it, it was very simple. Like, they came in and... Because the, the thing that, like, tripped me out was the sound. I'm like, what what is that sound? That's <laughs> it's a, it's a weird sound, like, of, like them washing the car or something. <clears throat> Do you know the show I'm talking about? Or are you... Like, you could be behind. If you're on YouTube, you're probably really behind. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'd already, I'd already tried to make the transition to Anthony Blinken in China. <laughs> Anthony Blinken, Anthony Blinken went to China to apparently try to avoid some sort of world war that that the West has been saber rattling about. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's trip to China. Starlight Comet. Good evening. Five years. Margaret is in Beijing. Margaret, it looks like good evening to you. It is Bob and good, good evening to you. Good morning to you. Five and a half hours worth of talks between Secretary Blinken and his Chinese counterpart concluded. They were very direct. They were very candid, but frankly, you've already missed all the mass shooting snicks. Bob, one of the U.S. officials in the room told me there. Were you you have came long after the mass shootings, but just realized yes, it was indeed just another day. In mass shooting USA. Oh, I love you guys. I take that as a compliment. Like, you so crazy, Justin. I take that as a compliment. Was at least one point of agreement, and that was to stop the downward spiral in this relationship. But it is clear they still have profound differences. Secretary Blinken and Foreign Minister Chin Gong, a close ally of President. I'm poor. When I get back, I've got a, I got a tinkle. The U.S. and refill my coffee. Open communication channels to avoid a military clash. Tension spiked last summer when then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan, and again in February after the spy balloon shootdown. Now President Biden wants to move on. Beijing objects to the U.S. military presence in the Pacific. China's defense chief refuses to speak with U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin at a time when Beijing is massively expanding its nuclear arsenal. The door is open, and uh, my phone is uh, my phone line is open. Miscommunication risks a clash. Last month, a Chinese warship came within 150 feet of slamming into an American ship transiting the Taiwan Strait. And in the South China Sea, a Chinese fighter jet buzzed the U.S. Air Force. The divide runs deeper than a failure to communicate. Blinken also pressed authorities to crack down on the flow of fentanyl. That drug is now the number one killer of Americans under the age of 50. Beijing has its own motivations to meet. It wants investments to continue to flow as its economy is slowing. 
The recent Biden administration decision to cut off the sale of some advanced technology and high-end computer chips is causing concern. Secretary Blinken will have a working dinner with his Chinese counterpart tonight and tomorrow. He plans to meet with a top party official who oversees foreign policy. All of these meetings really an intense push to try to hit restart on this relationship. Bob. Margaret, speaking of Bob. a restart, what do both sides hope to achieve? From did I miss anything? What did they say? I've actually got the with the pride going on. I got the rainbow going under the counter. And I've always got the like the troll patrol blue going on in the overhead lights. Damn Dustin. Had a gun misfire at a restaurant. Just another day. Chainsaw, good evening. See, that's another thing about Twitch is I can't like, uh, I can't be like, oh, shout chainsaw out. It's not a thing I can do. Oh, thank you, Chainsaw. Oh, Pori says it was a good video. I, as I was, as I was pissing, I was thinking, man, uh, the, of the topics we're covering tonight, this is the one that I need to be the most educated on, and I didn't stick around for it. I had to, I had to pee and refill my coffee. I had cotton mouth. We can watch it again. We probably should. This is this is one of the most important geopolitical relationships. Anthony Blinken. Anthony Blinken was in Beijing meeting with the State Department counterpart in China. Margaret, it looks like good evening to you. DMT is a lot of fun. Good morning to you here in DMT. <laughs> DMT is like an acid trip condensed into uh, like five minutes, ten minutes tops. Like you get the whole acid trip, and it lets you down kind of, kind of gently. Like you sure you rock it up into the air and like okay so apparently like it, it's it's close to like the chemical that your brain produces when you die or some shit and i can see how people have these um religious experiences out of body experience it feels like you shoot up into the air uh like like i i, I did it with uh like these concrete block walls and it looked like all the, you know, the lines and the walls where the grout was, like, they all sparkled and the, and the lines made sparkly lines and shit. And it kind of, like, went up into the air. So, oh, so yes, yes, DMT. It's fun. The first time I did it, 
like after after I came down like I just remember going out like it was the middle of summer and I had I had this like balcony in my apartment like I just went out on the balcony and I'm like over the railway and just go wow 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 and then I, I needed I was trying to quit smoking at the time and I was like I need a smoke and I had, I had to go to the gas station and get some smoke it required a cigarette the second or third time I did it, I did it with my, my girlfriend at the time. And I looked over her. She had curly red hair. I look over at her, and her face looked like, like peanut butter. Like I could just reach up and smear it. <laughs> and her hair looked like it was like uh like like the, like the copper copper shit like like crackheads put in a crack pipe uh, that you clean like dishes and shit with. <laughs> The co copper wire brush or something like at the at that moment I I had like no sexual attraction at all and she looked like just some some out of this this world uh, apparatus in front of me I don't even know how to describe I would like a yeah like a like a copper Brillo pad I remember it was fucking fiery red hair. I just, I felt like I could smear her face. I'm talking about something. I'm just, I'm, I'm stupid. Anyway, yeah, like I, I'm very stupid and I should learn about China. Yeah, not Brillo. Beijing, more than five and a half hours worth of talks between Secretary Blinken and his Chinese counterpart concluded they were very direct, they were very candid, but frankly, it's good that they were talking at all. Bob, one of the U.S. officials in the room told me there was at least one point of agreement, and that was to stop the downward spiral in this relationship. But it is clear they still have profound differences. Secretary Blinken and Foreign Minister Qin Gong, a close ally of President Xi Jinping, tackled a long list of grievances. These are gorgeous flowers. Open communication channels to avoid a military clash. Tension spiked last summer when then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. And again in February after the spy balloon shootdown. Now President Biden wants to move on. I don't think the leadership moves. Beijing objects to the U.S. military presence in the Pacific. China's defense chief refuses to speak with U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin at a time when Beijing is massively expanding its nuclear arsenal. The door is open, and uh, my phone is uh, my phone line is open. Miscommunication risks a clash. Last month, a Chinese warship came within 150 feet of slamming into an American ship transiting the Taiwan Strait. And in the South China Sea, a Chinese fighter jet buzzed the U.S. Air Force. The divide runs deeper than a failure to communicate. Blinken also pressed authorities to crack down on the flow of fentanyl. That drug is now the number one killer of Americans under the age of 50. 
Beijing has its own motivations to meet. Wow. It wants investments to continue to flow as its economy is slowing. The recent Biden administration decision to cut off the sale of some advanced technology and high-end computer chips is causing concern. Secretary Blinken will have a working dinner with his Chinese counterpart tonight and tomorrow. He plans to meet with a top party official who oversees foreign policy. Now, this was this morning. Really an intense push to try to hit restart on this relationship. Or last night. Margaret, speaking of a restart. I don't even know. I'm so confused. From these meetings and will there be deliverables? Expectations have been set very low for actual uh, achievements in terms of deliverables, as they call them in Washington. But we know that here in Beijing, the ultimate hope may be for a face-to-face -face meeting between President Xi and President Biden this fall, perhaps as soon as September, or at a key conference in California this coming November. So all of this may be building up uh, to that meeting between the two leaders of the world's most powerful economies. Uh, in the meantime, it is that economic interest that is also of chief concern here. The U.S. and Chinese economies are so intertwined. There is interest in lowering tension to alleviate some of that nervousness uh, in the business community. And we also but the business community comes to concern about technology and investment. Screw those geeks to continue that flow. Uh, between both countries um, that's super cool some of the concern going into this next year but fundamentally here president biden believes that this country of china is the only one in the world that has both the power i don't know that beijing is celebrating pride month though this is about competition margaret will secretary there's a rainbow over that road Bob, that meeting may depend on these next 24 hours and how they go. But arrangements are being made uh, for President Xi to meet with Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who has been a key aide to President Biden over his many years in the Senate uh, and uh, in the White House. So this is an important face-to-face -to, -face to lay the groundwork for that possible presidential summit. Margaret, thank you. Yes, very informative video. I'm glad we watched that. Sorry, sorry for everyone that watched that twice. It's my fault for being a bad host. So, um, remember how we heard that there were these audio recordings of Biden accepting a bribe? Apparently that ain't real. If you, if you were skeptical about the fact that Republicans might have had audio recordings of Biden taking a bribe, you were right to be skeptical. Because, once again, right-wingers just be talking all kinds of bullshit. Old and unsubstantiated claim from a senior Senate Republican. The foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings allegedly. of his conversation with them. 17 Come on, man. such recordings. Even prompting members of his own party to pump the brakes. I'm not aware that we have verified that those recordings exist. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley says a foreign national has audio tapes of Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden 
related to an alleged bribery scheme involving the foreign national when Biden was vice president. Doubt. The existence of the tapes allegedly documented in an FBI document known as an FD-1023. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. Now Grassley tells CNN even he isn't sure if the tapes are real. I just know they exist because of what the report says. Now maybe they don't exist, but how will I know until the FBI tells us, are they showing us our, our work? This as fellow Republicans question the legitimacy of the tapes and the motivations of the foreigner making these salacious claims. I we don't know if they're legit or not, but we know that the foreign national claims he has them. This could be coming from a very corrupt oligarch who could be making this stuff up. The Committee on Oversight and Accountability will come to order. The tapes are the latest unverified allegations. Fuzzy face. Raised as they investigate the Biden. We, we watched the dad's caucus earlier. The FBI. When these allegations came to light under the Trump administration, then Attorney General Bill Barr tapped Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney Scott Brady to look into them. Investigators were unable to corroborate the claims. It was thoroughly checked out by the Trump Justice Department, and they couldn't find anything there. But some of the allegations were passed along to Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was overseeing an ongoing criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. It was uh, provided to the ongoing investigation in Delaware uh, to follow up on. On Capitol Hill this week, the FBI's deputy director refused to discuss the tapes. Do you have those 17 recordings? I'm not going to comment on any investigative matters, Senator. Now, we should note that the FBI has stressed that this document that's at the center of this all, these FD-23s, they include unverified allegations that come to the FBI from informants. You know, the White House has also dismissed this allegation against the former president. In a new statement, White House spokesperson Ian Sam said, everything in their so-called investigation seems to be mysteriously missing. Informants, audio tapes, and most importantly of all, any credible evidence. Jake? Oh. Governor, thank you for... So, you heard from Bill Barr in that clip. I also have Bill Barr, who was on one of the Sunday morning shows earlier today. Getting getting all formal on Face the Nation, calling him William Barr. We're joined now by William Barr. He served as Attorney General under former President Trump. And I'm not high enough for this shit. ...is now available in paperback. Good morning, Mr. Barr. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. It's always a book plug. Trump now says everyone except you says this indictment is about election interference and should not have been brought. He said, you know, the indictment is total BS. That's his, that's our shorthand for what he actually said. He's also known for watching the Sunday shows, and he obviously saw your appearance on another network last Sunday. Why is he wrong about this? Well, he, you know, this is this is not a circumstance where he's the victim or th this is government overreach. Uh, he provoked this whole problem himself. Yes, he's been the victim of unfair witch hunts in the past. No. That doesn't obviate the fact that he's also a fundamentally flawed person who engages in reckless conduct and that leads to situations, calamitous situations like this, uh, which are very destructive and hurt any political cause he's associated with. And this was a case that entirely of his own making. He had no right to those documents. 
the uh, government tried for over a year quietly and with respect to get them back, which was essential that they do, and he jerked them around. And he had no legal basis for keeping them. But beyond that, when, when he faced his... Better be jerked around than jerked off. Legal arguments. Wait, he engaged in a maybe not. ...deceitful conduct, according to the, uh, the indictment, that was a clear crime if those allegations are true. And were out, was outrageous. He, what he did was, uh, he, according to the uh, indictment, is he took the documents out of storage, led his lawyer to believe that he'd be conducting a full search of the boxes, and uh, then caused his lawyer to file with the court something saying that he had completed a search. How strong is the special counsel's case on obstruction specifically? Well, it's very strong because a lot of the evidence comes from his own lawyers. And furthermore, there's evidence of him saying things that are completely incompatible with any idea that this was an innocent document dispute. Do you believe he lied to the Justice Department? Yes. I personally believe it. Yes, I do. And do you believe that, that he, he continues to claim that he has all these privileges and rights under the Presidential Records Act? Is he mischaracterizing the act? It, 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 absolutely. Uh, the legal theory by which he gets to take battle plans and, and sensitive national security information as his personal papers is absurd. It's just as wacky as the legal doctrine they came up with for, you know, having the vice president unilaterally determine who won the election. The whole purpose of the statute, the Presidential Records Act, is, was to stop presidents from taking official documents out of the White House. It was passed after Watergate. That's the whole purpose of it. And therefore, it restricted what a president can take. It says it's... Satan Milanero. What's up, my friend? Did I say that correctly? Uh, deliberations of government policy. Obviously, these documents are not purely private. It's, it's obvious. And they're not even now arguing that it's purely private. What they're saying is the president just has sweeping discretion to say they are, even though they squarely don't fall within the definition. It's an absurd argument. Do you believe if he is convicted, he should serve his prison? He's an absurd man. We haven't even gotten to the point of you know whether he's been convicted and also what, what his happens? sentence should be. I, I, you know, I don't like the idea of a former president serving time in prison. I do. Republicans remain critical of the attorney general who spoke out this week, as well as Director Ray at the FBI. They've rallied the had someone in a group that I'm in was like, the left doesn't realize the precedent they're setting with this. And I'm like, what? That if Biden is guilty of a crime, we're going to prosecute him? We're actually really down for that. If, if, if any of them commit a crime, prosecute them. We're totally into it. Hold hold presidents to a higher standard than just normal citizens. Come on, man. I don't get it. Trump's side, are they wrong to say that this Justice Department is acting in a p political way? Well, if they're p pointing to this case, I think they're wrong. I think the department had no choice but to seek those documents. Their basic argument really isn't to defend his conduct because Trump's conduct is indefensible. What they're really saying is he should get a pass because Hillary Clinton got a pass six or seven years ago. Now, I think, you know, that's not a frivolous argument. It is. I'm not sure that's true. I think if you want to restore the rule of law and equal justice, you don't do it by further derogating from justice. You do it by applying the right standard here. And that's not unfair to Trump because this is not a case where Trump is innocent and being unfairly hounded. 
He committed the crime. He's guilty as fuck. It's not unfair to hold him to that standard. You say Trump's alleged conduct is indefensible. So many Republicans continue to defend him. What will it say if the party, your longtime All right, well, here's your morons. Well, that's the problem. I don't think they're actually defending his conduct, but they are saying it's unfair to prosecute him. But that then raises another question. Okay, if it's unfair to prosecute him, that's not the whole answer. The question is, should we be putting someone like this forward as the leader of the country? No! Who's engaged in this kind of conduct. The other thing is, this is not just an isolated example. Trump has, you know, has many good qualities and he accomplished some good things. But the fact of the matter is, uh, he is a consummate narcissist and he constantly engages in reckless conduct that that puts uh, his political followers at risk and, and, and the conservative and Republican agenda at risk. Would he put the country at risk if he was in the White House again? He, he will always put his own interests and gratifying his own ego ahead of everything else, including the country's interests. There's no question about it. This is a perfect- Poor Lord, still awake. He's like a nine-year-old, a defiant nine-year-old kid who's always pushing the glass toward the edge of the table, defying his parents to stop him from doing it. It's a means of self-assertion and exerting his dominance over others people and he's, he's a very petty individual who will always put his interests ahead of the country's his personal gratification of his you know of his ego but our so country he, our country can't you know can't be a therapy session for you know a troubled man like <laughs> so Barr is not a dumb man which makes him that much more evil for all the things that he's done he's not he's not a dumb man at all very eloquent too investigation an ongoing one on january 6 so many witnesses being called in you were the Fuck this motherfucker by the way six committee are you willing to testify or have you already testified before the special counsel fabian if they called me in as a witness of course i would would testify but all i said very opportunistic in my book about this false story about a stolen election. Have you talked to them in any way behind the scenes? If not we're on YouTube, we're on kick right now. Communications I had with the government, but I don't expect to be a witness, but I'll be glad to be one if I'm called. Trump was just indicted and arraigned in the records case. Do you believe he's a target potentially in the January 6th case? Yes, and I've said from the beginning, by the way, I've defended him when I think there's cases that are unfair, like the one up in New York and so forth. Uh, and I've always said, I think the January 6th case will Psycho be because of First Amendment interests, but I'm actually starting to think they will pull the trigger on that, and I would expect it to be this summer. Do you believe the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, will indict Trump in Georgia? We uh, hope. Yeah, I don't know much about her case. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, a sound case or not. I'm skeptical about that, but I... If, Why I are you skeptical? Again, because of the First Amendment interest, you know, we don't want to get into a home of amaranth. Complain about an election and claim that an election. But Trump is said stolen. on tape he wants the Secretary of State to find votes. Yeah, I know, uh, but you know, there's there are innocent interpretations of what he said. You no, know, there's not. Votes that we think are bad, you certainly can find among them some that are slam dunk. This slimy motherfucker. Interpretation or not, I, I am more skeptical of that case. But on the other hand, I think it's likely that it will be brought. Former Attorney General William Barr, we really appreciate you taking the time to stop by and face. Fuck him. Fuck him so much. Yeah, I. So even if I get my Twitch back, I can't simulcast anymore. So this is this is what it is now. YouTube and Kick, and I'll add some other channels here shortly.
We'll get Facebook and Twitter and DLive, all that shit back rocking. Odyssey. Uh, I want to point this out the other day. So I, I think we'll definitely get a Fannie Willis indictment and we'll have another indictment day stream coming up in about a month or two. I think it's supposed to happen in August. We had indictment day the other day where we did the stream when Trump was in Miami. Uh, I'm sorry, arraignment day when Trump was in Miami to be seen by the judge and plead not guilty. He then went to a Cuban restaurant. Now this is something I did not uh, did not know at the time. Uh, we, we heard him say it. I pointed it out on stream that he said food for everyone. But turns out he didn't pay for everybody. Are you ready? Are you ready? Food for everyone. Food for everyone. On Tuesday, shortly after he was charged with 37 federal criminal counts, Donald Trump visited the Cuban restaurant Cafe Versailles in Miami. It's an iconic restaurant where politicians love to stop for photo ops. And while he was there, Trump promised to buy food for everyone. It was an unusually generous offer from Trump, who is not exactly known to have Santa-like... He bought McDonald's for the people at... Everyone cheered, and there were presumably warm feelings in the room. East Palestine. Like, he did buy McDonald's for them, as far as I know. Now, if he only bought McDonald's for the immediate people that we saw in the photo op, I... That I can't tell you if he bought McDonald's for everybody, but he did buy McDonald's. But apparently he did not buy Cuban food. Room and yay, free cafecitos for everyone. Except no one got anything. The Miami New Times quotes a knowledgeable source who said that Donald Trump's stop at Versailles totaled about 10 minutes, leaving no time for anyone to eat anything, much less place an order. So, yeah, that sounds a little more familiar. Trump is not really known for paying his bills, after all. According to USA Today, Trump has been involved in more than 3,500 lawsuits, a large number of which involve workers who say Trump or his companies have refused to pay them. In 2021, Trump refused to pay Rudy Giuliani for his legal work, as in Rudy Giuliani, the lawyer who spearheaded Trump's bogus claims of election fraud. Stiffed a contractor out of more than a million dollars. A stand-up guy. Free food for everyone. This reputation is not helping Trump as he continues his search to find a lawyer to represent him in federal court in Florida. ABC News reported today that, quote, Trump's history of legal turnover has led some attorneys to turn him down, while others have asked for retainer fees that Trump's team views as excessive. Oh, shit. However, multiple... Clinically with the first-hand experience. Several options for lawyers who could join his legal defense. In the meantime, Trump's defense in Florida is being fronted by a man named Christopher Kais, a lawyer Trump retained last year and who made sure to get all of his money up front. <laughs> Joining us now is Joyce Vance, former U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Alabama. And of course, something when I first saw the man, something about him made me think he was a very smart man. He got his money up front, as well he should have. 
co-host of the Sisters in Law podcast. Joyce, it's always good to talk with you. What up, Joyce? Like this, where I think a lot of people are don't know what exactly lawyers would be doing at this stage of the game and why it is important for Trump to have counsel representing him. Can you um, could you shed some light on that for us? Sure. So this is a critical case to have a strong uh, defense team from the start. And one of the reasons we know that we saw Judge Cannon enter an order directing Trump's lawyers to proceed as quickly as possible uh, to get security clearances so they can begin to review the government's evidence in this case. That's not a job for one lawyer. It may not even be a job for two lawyers. Frankly, the evidence looks to be fairly complicated and voluminous. And the defense voluminous indeed to get to work here. They'll need to prepare their motions. They need to review the classified documents and under the SEPA statute, they'll have to indicate what they'd like to use at trial. A lot of work to do. You need your team in place to get there. And once again, this is a very specialized case. And you do not have just lawyers, everyday lawyers practicing fucking espionage. Espionage law. A group of Iowa Republicans were asked about Trump. I meant to play this on Thursday and I totally forgot about it. But I want to hear what these Iowa Republicans, uh, which I think is still the, the, the first caucus in the primary for the Republicans. It has changed in South Carolina for the Democrats. Iowa Republicans are asked what they think about Trump after his federal indictment. The news of former President Trump's federal indictment comes as the Republican primary field is very much still taking shape and its potential impact on the 2024 race and Republican voters remains unclear. Called her a cunt for asking. Iowa yesterday for her America at a Crossroads reporting project to listen He's to the, the cunt. discussions led by conservative pollster Sarah Longwell. Since it was the day of the Trump arraignment, she made that the focus of the first of two reports on what Iowa Republicans are thinking. This was produced with our friends at Iowa PBS. How many of you know that Donald Trump was indicted last week? Raise your hand. How many of you have heard that Donald Trump was indicted for a second time recently? Everybody knows. Okay. From the 16 Republican voters we gathered yesterday evening, there were strong reactions to the second indictment of former President Donald Trump. Well, I think he's being set up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell me why. Well, um, it's, it's just too arranged. Everything is just too arranged. And when the FBI went in and raided his property at Mar-a-Lago, how do we know what they did and what they didn't do? Right and wrong are just totally messed up. We had asked pollster Sarah Longwell, who also publishes the center-right website, The Bulwark, to assemble two panels of GOP voters in the studio of Iowa PBS. I observed from the control room as she asked how they're thinking about politics, policy, and current events at this moment, when candidates are already descending upon their state ahead of next year's caucuses, and as the news of the second Trump indictment had been breaking. It's baloney. <laughs> I think, I, think uh, I mean, just why isn't Biden indicted? 
Mm -hmm. um, just because he gave them back um, at an appropriate time. I mean, really? Same he did the exactly man. the same thing. Well, you have a current president who is sicking all of the DOJ on a potential candidate. That's never happened. Right. right. Yeah. They really feel like the country is going in the wrong direction. Afterwards, Longwell, who has conducted hundreds of hours of sessions like these across the country, helped guide me through the discussion. What most struck you in these two conversations with Iowa voters who have supported Donald Trump uh, for the last two presidential elections? I was actually struck mainly by how much they sound like every other focus group I do with two-time Trump voters. They were very clear that the indictments actually made them want to support Trump more, uh, which is really consistent. I mean, we've been asking people for several months, you know, how are you, how does it make you feel when you hear that Trump's indicted? Does it make you want to support him more, support him less? Out of the 58 people that we've asked, 26 of them said it makes them want to support Donald Trump more. Only two said less. They're a little bit mixed on whether Trump is exactly the right person uh, to be the person who, who comes back, but still after <laughs> January 6th, after- Diggs, good evening. Still alive. I love you so much. How many of you distrust the FBI? <laughs> the three-letter agencies, the DOJ, the CIA, the FBI. I think when the, the country was formulated, their best of intent was to put some of these um, organizations or governing bodies in place, but how they're being manipulated now and they're being weaponized is a bigger concern. I'm kind of frustrated by it because on one side, you know, it seems like we're all going all out on um, President Trump. And on the other side, the wheels of justice are going very slow. It doesn't seem to be like equal amount of uh, resources being um, devoted to- Reality is the complete opposite, sir. And she was never indicted. You've got the DOJ, you've got the FBI reporting up to Biden. Ultimately, this goes up to Biden. So why wouldn't you want to take out your your toughest political opponent? And this is election interference like we've never seen before. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's yes. disguised as Trump's a bad guy. How many of you wanted Hillary? Brother, Trump brother, Trump is a bad guy. Uh, okay. Did you think she should go to jail? Yes. For mm -hmm. what yes. she did? Absolutely. Because yes. Trump at the time uh, said that she should go to jail for mishandling yes. classified information. Do you think he should be held to the same standard that he was setting for Hillary Clinton, or do you think that it's different for some reason? I think he said that when you understand his personality and how he um, how he words things, he said that in jest. He didn't. I think he's just trying to paint a word picture. But should she have gotten some sort of uh, punishment? Yes. Yes, I think okay. so. He's entitled to declassify whatever he wants to declassify. So, and other presidents that have left office. How many of you think that there is crusty butthole at this table? This is amazing to me. This have had classified documents. They were not treated the same way as Donald Trump is being treated. It is a two-tier justice system in this country, for sure. There's no doubt about it. The biggest thing is that they really don't have a lot of faith or trust in the FBI or in the Department of Justice to prosecute this fairly. And I hear this 
always from Republican groups. And you hear it from Republican elected officials, too, in the, um, you know, conservative media really talks about this. They say, uh, you know, they're out to get Trump. There's a two-tiered justice system. And bringing up the Hillary Clinton right. uh, server, uh, the classified documents that other, that President Biden uh, took home. Yeah, which you can example. see, actually. I mean, you know, Joe Biden, there's been a lot of classified documents that they found on his properties. Right. Mike Pence, they found classified documents on his properties. And so for voters, they oftentimes think, well, I don't understand. It seems like a lot of these elected officials keep taking classified documents home. And they don't always see the difference between Trump being told, hey, you have to return those documents, uh, and then refusing to do so or lying to the FBI when he was asked. That deep-seated distrust extended to the 2020 election results and their aftermath, too. Oh, God. I believe Joe Biden was legitimately elected president of the United States. How many of you believe that the election was on, stolen uh, or rigged in some way? Okay, everybody. What about January 6th? How do people feel about January set 6th? Set up. Yeah. 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 Set, set up. 100% totally set up. You go look at the videos showing the Capitol Police walking these people through the Capitol, mm -hmm. talking, no problems whatsoever, and then they turn around and say, they, they attacked us, in essence. Mm -hmm. The videos show a whole different story yep. than what mm -hmm. they're saying happened. Mm -hmm. No, they don't, sir. I think that, like... He was calling people to like do like I watched like what he said and yep. everything and like I mean he didn't say anything to me like in watching it that was like yeah the shit on the walls telling them to go and like storm the Capitol they stole a door I didn't feel I personally didn't feel like that um, no. that what he was said was so inflammatory that he was just trying to like you know tear the country apart and they're have still people, arresting like, people and, two years right. since it happened. He, yeah. he loves this country. I can't believe that right. somebody that he, loves this country right. would want to cause right. people to fight like that. And no. he, he's against yeah. wars. Well, so. He's not the typical politician, and uh, his words aren't what we call polished. And he just blurted out. Do people want to vote for a Republican candidate who is committed to pardoning the people from I January 6th? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Returning to Trump's own legal battles, it seems very little of what comes next will sway this group. So let's say Trump is found guilty of these charges. He goes through the courts and they find him guilty. Raise your hand if it makes you support him more. Uh. Raise your hand if it makes you support him less. And President Trump retains some measure of support, even among those who think he likely committed a crime. I read the indictment, um, and it's plain as day that he broke the law mm -hmm. knowingly. Um, whether the DOJ Thank you! Um, came after him, uh, which I, I think is very plausible, and why they're ignoring Hunter Biden's laptop, I think is a separate issue. Um, but it is clear he broke the law and i think it's time for him to go away Scorpio. and uh mm -hmm. I, I appreciated what he did for the country during his four years um but i think that he is part of the problem but when asked if he'd vote for trump if he were the nominee running against president biden trump's the nominee versus biden what will you do i would vote for him for the third time you would come, come on man. man i think that uh it's that significant
So given that and the fact that there are potentially more indictments to come uh, against former President Trump, where are we headed? Well, it's a little counterintuitive, but one of the things about Donald Trump, and this has been true whether it's his uh, two impeachments or whether it is now his second indictment, there's this thing that happens that I call the rally round Trump effect, where Republican voters, when he they feel like he's being attacked, they tend to support him even more. And so that's it creates kind of an energy, and it also allows Trump to really suck up all the oxygen. We're always talking about Trump. And so ultimately, it does tend to help really? him. He continues to get indicted. We continue to talk about Trump all the time. It's really difficult for some of these other 2024 challengers to make an affirmative case for themselves. You can sort of see why from listening to these voters. They don't like when people attack Trump. With so much yet to unfold and more than six months to go before the Iowa caucuses, these focus groups and a consensus of polls suggest President Trump, despite his troubles or because of them, holds on to his lead in a crowded Republican field. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Judy Woodruff in Des Moines, Iowa. And in weeks ahead, Judy will hear more from these Iowa Republican voters about the state of the country, our divisions, and what a path forward looks like. She'll be visiting other states to hear from panels of Democratic voters as well. That was illuminating. Smokey, you can't hit the microphone. That, like, it makes a noise. Say hey to everybody. Say hey, baby. Lay down. So the 2024 presidential race is upon us. And I have told you multiple times that I will take every chance that I can to let you hear from Dr. Cornell West. The other day I psyched you out and unfortunately it was just a video of Brianna Joy Gray talking to Robbie Suave and both of them suck. But tonight I, I deliver. Here is an interview with Dr. Cornell West going on with, uh, is this Chris Cuomo? Is he back? Bernie Sanders ran for president as a Democrat in 2016, 2020. He got the enthusiastic support of left-wing intellectual Cornell West, a.k.a. Brother West. Now it is the professor's turn to run for president, but he has chosen the Green Party ticket. And that may have Democrats worrying and saying, don't run. Princeton professor Dr. Cornell West joins me now in a primetime exclusive. Brother West, you are looking well. Thank you for being well, here. The, the party could vote for someone else. Bless and be in a conversation with they won't. And I just thank you for giving me this time. And I have those precious memories of your beloved father, Mario. He it was his birthday today. He loved you, Cornell playing. West. He loved and you. And Sister Matilda's, Matilda, Sister Matilda, your precious mother. You are a blessed brother. You know that. Boy, she's watching right now, and she's going to say, why didn't he give Cornell West more time? Because that's what happens <laughs> when you say nice things about mama. Uh, so, <laughs> Professor, uh, let, let's deal with the dirty business first. The Democrats are saying, what? Just when we need to come together most? What? You're leaving the fold and creating risk uh, that may hurt the Democrats. What is your response, sir? My response is that we're at a moment now, in fact, 
where we've got to get beyond the hatred and the revenge. And this is what Quest for Truth and Justice is all about. This is what the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and Dorothy Day and Rabbi Heschel and others are about. And this candidacy, my own candidacy in part, is what that legacy looks like in the realm of electoral politics, calling for the abolition of poverty, calling for massive cutbacks in militarism, calling strong supports for trade unions, fighting for living wages, and most importantly, something spiritual and immeasurable, brother. We need a different tone. We need a different spirit where we can engage with one another at a level of humanity. So I can come in and say, look, I don't hate Brother Trump. I just hate mendacity. I hate, I hate gangster behavior. I don't hate Brother Biden. I just hate hypocrisy. I hate neoliberal policies that don't speak to the needs of poor and working people. And you know, the legacy of Martin King is always what? Beginning with the least of these. I mean, I speak also- No, of, I hate Trump. It's the least of these, those in prison, the hood, in the barrio, in the reservation, white brothers and sisters who are catching a lot of hell. That's why I'm going straight into Trump country. And I'm gonna tell those white brothers and sisters, I care about you. I know you're wounded. You don't need to follow a neo-fascist pie piper like Brother Trump's. There's another way. There's another way. There's a way that, that, that will connect us together in our human solidarity, accenting the best. So this campaign is very much about what? Introducing America to the best of itself. Hmm, that's a good concern line. about the vulnerable, integrity, honesty, decency, and a spirituality to get us beyond all of this vicious hatred and revenge. Two things. One, why not do it as a Democrat? Well, because the Democratic Party has shown itself over and over again, and you know my love for my dear brother Bernie Sanders. Hmm. It's shown itself that both parties now stand in the way of coming to terms with the the, the plight of poor and working people. 60% of our fellow citizens, no matter what color, barely making it day to day, month to month. Both parties tied to Wall Street, both parties tied to military expansion. Look at the debt ceiling agreement. Pull from the poor, military expansion, both parties agree. Mm. And so if the Democrats were concerned about a brother like me or any other voice, then they would have candidates that would speak to the needs of poor and working people. Understood, second challenge. Uh, what you're pitching doesn't sell. The reason they play to the negative, the reason they play to who is worse, the reason negativity has become proxy for insight is because it works. The Greeks gave us the word demagogue. They gave us no positive opposite. You are trying to love it up at a time when it is animus that is fueling people's actions at the polls. Well, I mean, the hounds of hell, of greed, organized greed, of indifference, routinized indifference, of hatred, institutionalized and different uh, institutionalized hatred those things go back to the beginning of the species every generation has to bear witness to the love that has been put in us the courage that has been put in us and we go against the grain of the hatred against the grain of the greed and against the grain of the indifference and that cuts across both parties now we know these things also cut through each one of our souls but at least we are willing to raise our voices and take a risk and of course be in the world but not of it against the grain saying lo and behold the memories of those who came before hey thank you for watching please go to news nation hey you cut him off chris cuomo there was more to that i know cornell west and dr cornell west was not finished speaking boo
Boo, Chris Cromo. It is Pride Month. And I have a little bit of a little bit of bad news, a little bit of good news. Uh, the bad news first. A majority of Republicans now say same-sex relations are immoral after a year of groomer attacks on the LGBTQ community. Only 41% of Republicans say gay or lesbian relations are morally acceptable. I absolutely agree with what he was saying, Pork, and that's why I, like, every interview Cornell West gives or every chance I get to play a clip of Cornell West, I am absolutely going to uh, play it as we go into 2024. Jesse, what's going on, my friend? I was, li I was listening to Brother Cornell West preach it. I, the man ain't wrong. It is a 15% drop from 2022, the largest single year change since Gallup began asking the question. The drop comes amid a right-wing campaign to link, LG, uh, to link LGBTQ people with grooming and pedophilia. It is a, it is a coordinated campaign fueled by dark money groups and it's the same groups that fuel all these moral panics the right-wing campaign to tar the lgbtq community with false allegations of pedophilia appears to be having an impact on republican voters a majority of whom now say that same-sex relations are immoral in the survey conducted last month just 41 percent of republicans said that gay or lesbian relations are morally acceptable a 15 percent drop they don't have any evidence, Starlight. They they will all point to libs of TikTok. Every single one of them. <laughs> They'll be like, do your own research. Go go find the videos. They're all over. I'll be like, yeah, you mean libs of TikTok. A city in Utah tried to ban a drag show, but, but this one, this one has a positive outcome as a judge, a judge has struck it down as being a violation of the first amendment. At Drew's bar in Midtown. It's fantastic. A celebration Saturday morning, a federal judge striking down as unconstitutional, a law passed by the legislature and signed into law by Governor Bill Lee criminalizing certain adult cabaret performances in places where they could be seen by kids, rendering it unenforceable. It targeted drag performers, though a lawsuit held it from going into effect in April. There was a lot of fear that it instilled. The judge's decision coming after the suit had a final hearing in Memphis and notably after a planned drag show at the Pink Palace canceled after protests from far-right white nationalist group, the Proud Boys. Late Friday, a U.S. district judge nominated to the seat by President Trump, writing in a 70-page decision, quote, the Adult Entertainment Act is an unconstitutional restriction on the freedom of speech. Lawmakers may appeal to a higher court or rewrite the bill to make it comply with the Constitution. It was just very vague and very just ridiculous anyway. Yes, this is all ridiculous. 
The decision celebrated at the downtown Memphis Pride Festival. Good on them. Uh, I feel like that's what judges are supposed to do. Opposed by some on religious grounds. It's the unadulterated word of God. What so it, it condemns anything. Oh, shut the fuck up. I had to take issue with the Bible on that. Guess what, motherfucker? I do take issue with the Bible. What are you going to do about it? I do take issue with the Bible. Fuck your Bible, dude. Oh, these fucks piss me off so bad. Just like these fucks in LA, where apparently thousands. Thousands turned out to protest the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. We've covered them before here on the Troll Patrol. They were being honored by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Am I getting the team right? Yes, Los, An Los Angeles Dodgers on Friday night. And they faced protests. Yeah, the protests are in response to one of tonight's honorees, the group known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Members of the group dress in habits like religious sisters, but of course they are not nuns. They will be receiving a Community Hero Award before the game. KTLA's Rachel Menachoff is live outside Dodger Stadium with the latest on the protest. Rachel, we saw you an hour ago and the crowd has grown exponentially. Absolutely, Sam and Court, this is a large, energetic crowd. They are protesting the Dodgers' decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as part of its annual Pride Night. Uh, they say that the sisters, they feel as though the sisters are mocking Catholicism and its leaders. Catholicism deserves to be mocked. They are in a parking lot right outside of the stadium. And we also have a view from Sky 5 up ahead to give you a bird's eye view of this large gathering. There have been several speakers, music and prayer, and I'm told eventually a peaceful procession that close to a thousand people in total will be gathering here from a number of different Catholic organizations. The sisters, of course, dress up as nuns. Oh, do not let any kids near them. An irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry. Tonight, they will be honored with the Catholics, not the not the drag queens. Activism on behalf of LGBTQ plus rights. Protesters argue the group creates a mockery of Catholicism. Catholics for Catholics is organizing this gathering. We spoke to some people in attendance who say this isn't so much a protest as a peaceful religious gathering. Take a listen to what they told us. We're just here, all the faiths are standing united, all the different denominations, even Catholics, Christian, we're just all united for our love of Christ. We're very angry that the Dodgers invited this group that mocked our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're, we're hoping that the Dodgers will see the amount of Catholics and Christians that are showing up here today peacefully and showing that um, we're not budging. We're, we're, we've drawn a line in the sand and we're putting our faith first and, um, and numbers will show that today. The sisters told us today they have no problem with people expressing themselves through protest. LAPD officers, they are here in and around the stadium, both before and after the game. Now, the pride festivities begin at 5.30 in the center field plaza. There's gonna be music and drink specials and American Idol singing the national anthem. We're gonna be inside the stadium showing those festivities and we'll also be out here following this demonstration. That's the very latest from outside Dodger Stadium. I'm Rachel Menatoff. Send it back inside. Those were the protests that took place. Yes, I, I hate to inform them, but uh, 
Catholicism makes a mockery of Catholicism. <laughs> Just saying. Sorry about that. I'll mock your God. What of it? Just all kinds of craziness going on here during Pride Month. I, uh, I thought the British Prime Minister was a different kind of politician. I thought he was a, a decent man, but apparently he is not. Rishi Sunak caught on video making apparently transphobic remarks. Content warning. It shows this spectacular misjudgment of why he's completely unfit to lead our country. And uh, at, the same, at the same period of time over the period, you may have noticed uh, Ed Davey has been very busy. Uh, like me, you would have probably seen that he was busy trying to convince everybody that women clearly had penises. And uh, I was reflecting, you all know, I am a big fan of everybody studying maths to 18. But it, it, turns, it turns out that we need to focus on biology to 18. <laughs> Well, there you have it. I will say that I have watched enough Prime Minister's questions to say that is indeed Rishi Sunak. It shows this spectacular misjudgment of why he's completely unfit to lead our country. And uh, at, the same, at the same period of time over the period, you may have noticed uh, Ed Davey has been very busy. Uh, like me, you would have probably seen that he was busy trying to convince everybody that women clearly had penises. And uh, I was reflecting, you all know, I am a big... My friend, my friend, girl dick is awesome. Just say, like, they're so cute, cuddly. Rishi Sunak probably into it, probably likes him a little girl dick. I, if, if these motherfuckers would just loosen up, possibly do some mind altering drugs, the world would be in much better shape. I promise you. you just, just free your mind. Open your mind a little bit. The world would be a lot better shape. A white supremacist took MDMA for a study and it snapped him out of his beliefs. So a leader in the U.S. white supremacist uh, a leader in the U.S. white nationalist movement realized he wanted to change his, his extreme beliefs after he took the psychoactive drug MDMA as part of a scientific study. The man, who is referred to by his first name, Brendan, let's go Brendan, was enrolled in an MDMA study in February of 2020, which investigated whether the drug could increase the pleasantness, pleasantnessness, pleasantnessness of human touch. Spoiler alert, it does. According to an adaptation of the book, I Feel Love, MDMA, and the Quest... It's always a book plug. MDMA and the Quest for Connection in a Fractured World by uh, Rachel, Rachel Neuer, published by the BBC. After the experience, Brendan returned a form to the researchers and wrote, This experience has helped me sort out a debilitating personal issue. 
Google my name, I now know what I need to do. The researchers looked up Brendan and discovered he was a white supremacist who had lost his job after being revealed as a leader of the white nationalist group. Brendan had attended the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville in 2017. Immediately, they were concerned as to what sorting out an issue might refer to. But when they tracked him down, Brendan revealed that what he needed to do was simply love, as opposed to something more sinister. MDMA is one of the several psychoactive drugs that researchers are studying to assess uh, whether they can be used to treat mental and physical illness. Insider has previously reported on its potential to treat anxiety uh, disorders such as PTSD and alcoholism. The party drug, also referred to as Molly, is known for causing feelings of empathy and sociability. It's what everyone says about this damn drug. <laughs> that it makes people feel love. Yep, yep, yep. She added that it's mind-boggling that the drug could potentially change someone's beliefs <laughs> in the way it is thought to have done with Brendan. However, MDMA doesn't have a political agenda and can't by itself solve racism. <sighs> and you guys, you guys, uh, some of you were against the phrase. MDMA has, for instance, been used by the Taliban to channel connection to the divine during prayer chants. Newer pointed out that Brendan's seemingly spontaneous change appears to be an exception to the norm. MDMA releases the chemical oxytocin, which our bodies naturally produce. The chemical causes animals to fiercely love their own, but also protect them from others, which can mean the disdain for outsiders may actually increase. It could also be a combination of the fact that Brendan started uh, uh, therapy after taking MDMA. That, that could help as well. Seeking, seeking help when you need it. I found that story fascinating. Speaking of Nazis and white supremacists, uh, content warning. Let's talk about the cops. Justin was indeed a shit kicker before the pot. How, how did you know, Libertad? I may need to pack another bowl. I... Molly's a lot of fun. I do a lot of dancing. Six key points from the scathing report on the Minneapolis police after the George Floyd killing. Justice Department on Friday issued a scathing assessment of the Minneapolis police 
alleging that racial discrimination and excessive force went unchecked before George Floyd's killing because of inadequate oversight and an unwieldy process for investigating complaints. The probe began in April of 2021, a day after former officer Derek Chauvin, who is white, was convicted of the murder of and manslaughter. In, uh, by the way, that was April 20th. I remember that vividly because it happened on the anniversary of the Troll Patrol. He was convicted of the murder and manslaughter in the May 25th, 2020 killing of Floyd, a black man who was in handcuffs, repeatedly said he couldn't breathe before going limp as Chauvin knelt on his neck for nine and a half minutes. The killing was recorded by a bystander and sparked months of mass protests as part of a broader national reckoning over racial injustice. Here are six key takeaways from the report. The focus of the probe was to examine whether there had been a pattern of practical, unconstitutional, or unlawful policing in the Minneapolis Police Department. Investigators found numerous examples of excessive force, unlawful discrimination, and First Amendment violations. Surprise, surprise! They reviewed 19 police shootings and determined that officers sometimes fired without first determining whether there was an immediate threat of harm to the officers or others. In 2017, for example, an officer fatally shot Justine Rusnick Damond. We all saw video of that, by the way. She was talking to the cops in the window. An unarmed white Australian-born woman who spooked him when she approached his squad car, according to the report. She had called 911 to report a possible rape behind her house. The city paid $20 million to settle with her family. In another case, officers uh, shot a suspect after he started stabbing himself in the neck in a police station interview room. Officers also used neck restraints like the one Chauvin used on Floyd 198 times. This was between January 1st, 2016 and August 16th, 2022. I was a student. Oh, I was uh, president of the Young Republicans. I was president of the Young Republicans. Now, when I, when I say that, there was kind of a joke that they elected me president of the Young Republicans. It was more to fuck with somebody that really wanted it. <laughs> I didn't really do anything, but it's a fun thing to point out. And it may have actually got me my first job in radio news. What did the investigators find out about racial bias in policing? The report documented rampant racism and racial profiling in the department, with black drivers more than six times more likely to be stopped than white ones. The racism also extended to arrests. When one black teen was held at gunpoint for allegedly stealing a $5 burrito, the teen asked the plainclothes officer if he was indeed police. Really, the officer responded, according to a video recording, how many white people in the city of Minneapolis have you run up against with a gun? In another case, a woman reported that an officer said to her that the Black Lives Matter movement was a terrorist organization. We're going to make sure you and all the Black Lives supporters are wiped off the face of the earth. That sounds like the terrorism. That's what she recalled him saying. Her complaint against the officer was closed by the department with a finding of no merit. How did the department treat the mentally ill? Mental health crisis often were made worse by police responded 
when res- when police responded in 2017 uh, in 2017 for instance officers encountered an unarmed man in the midst of what neighbors described as a mental health episode he initially paced around his yard yelling after complying with orders to sit on his front steps an officer fired his taser without warning in another case a mother called 911 to report that her adult daughter a black a woman with bipolar disorder was attempting to hurt herself by lying in the road. By the time the officers got there, the woman was calmly walking through a park. The officers nevertheless grabbed her and she began yelling and pulled away. The woman was then put in a neck restraint and her mother pleaded, don't choke her like that. Investigations into police misconduct took months and sometimes years, according to the report. Those conducting the inquiries frequently failed to view video corroborating public complaints. Supervisors also were quick to back their subordinates. In one case, an officer tased a man eight times without pausing, even as the man protested that he was doing exactly what he was told. The supervisor, uh, the supervisor found no policy violations and told the man that the fact that he would, uh, hadn't, that if he hadn't been resisting, they wouldn't have had to strike you. The report also highlighted the case of John Pope, who was just 14 when Chauvin struck him in the head with a flashlight multiple times and pinned him to a wall by his throat. He then knelt on the black teen as his mother pleaded, please do not kill my son. Chauvin, the report found, kept his knee on the teen's neck or back for over 15 minutes. But due to poor supervision and a failed internal investigation, commanders did not learn what had happened to Pope until three years later. The city ultimately agreed to settle a lawsuit for $7.5 million in the case. So there you go. That's the report issued by the DOJ on Friday. That's when you issue shit that you want to go unnoticed because it's called the Friday News Dump. You do it because the Troll Patrol is not on and you don't want the Troll Patrol covering it. Or a lawsuit moves forward with a Detroit police sergeant He's been given a last chance after a racist rant and domestic abuse allegations. God damn, fuck this dude. Police sergeant facing a multi-million dollar lawsuit stemming from an arrest, and it's hardly his first brush with controversy. We first told you about this controversial arrest back in December. Well, tonight, 7 investigator Ross Jones revealing the troubling conduct that came first. Domestic abuse, drunk driving, and a last chance from Detroit police. I think this speaks to a much broader and bigger issue. It's the city of Detroit and the culture that they're cultivating. Attorney Brandon McNeil said- I think it's all cops. The wrongful arrest of his client by not taking action against a troubled officer years earlier. Sergeant Samuel Pionessa has been with DPD for 23 years and was a subject of a seven action news investigation last year over the arrest of- DPD. I don't know if I've ever tried that one. You live in sexual anarchy. Sandra Wilson. I can tell you're lying. You know for a fact you're lying. No, you don't know for a fact nothing because I'm not lying. Wilson was accused of stealing a credit card she held on to for 15 seconds. It was left behind at this gas station in Detroit right there on the counter. 
Sandra's crime, DPD would allege, was handing it to this woman in the pink pants, who, Sandra says, claimed it was hers. But police say the card belonged to someone else in the store that night, and while they never caught the woman who used it and had no evidence Sandra even knew her, they accused Sandra of being involved on the department's social media pages. Wow! into Detroit's 7th Precinct trying to clear her name, Sergeant Pianessa arrested her. Wow! Well, I guess this is what you've, uh, No, because you this is what y'all want to do to me. Sandra was charged with two felonies, spent three days in jail, and lost her job. A Wayne County judge later dismissed all the charges against her, scolding police and prosecutors. Fuck these motherfuckers! Ridiculous and wrong. And this was not a thorough investigation. Well, DPD maintains even today that Sandra's arrest was proper. Wow! Now suing the department on her behalf and says it's clear Sergeant Pianessa shouldn't have been in a position to arrest her in the first place. Five minutes later, we met up at Greenfield and Finkel. He turned him over to me. Pianessa has been a sergeant for the last 10 years, and his time on the force has hardly been without controversy. While at DPD, records show he's caused at least two vehicle accidents. The first in 2006 when he was drunk, more than two and a half times the legal limit. He was suspended for 30 days. The second came in 2018. Suspended! Department vehicle. Suspended for 30 days! How many of you think that you would have lost your job if you'd gotten a DUI? How much, how much jail time might you have done if you got a DUI? Fuck all the way off. Then left the scene. He would later say a dog jumped in front of his car, but a witness to the crash said there was no dog. Because Pianessa left the scene before a supervisor arrived and never got tested for drugs or alcohol, DPD could not determine with absolute certainty he was drunk. he was under the influence. He was suspended for three days. And as an officer on the street, Pianessa has been accused dozens of times of misconduct, hit with 61 citizen complaints. They run the gamut from excessive force to improper searches. 61 citizen complaints is an outrageous number for someone who yes. is a sergeant, someone who is supposed to be supervising other officers. And in 2020, DPD nearly fired Sergeant Pianessa after he was arrested and accused by his girlfriend, who was also a Detroit police officer, of assault. What does it take to get fired? Woken up in the early hours of November 2018 by Pianessa, who was screaming and repeatedly calling her the N-word. She said she ran upstairs, locking herself in a bedroom, but Pianessa followed her, continued screaming the N-word, then kicked in the bedroom door. She said he assaulted her, grabbing her by the back of her neck and pulling her backwards. She fled. A DPD investigation sustained the allegations against Pianessa. He's really crossed the line when you put your hands on a woman. He crossed the line fucking 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Could there be room in the Detroit Police Department for officers that have been found to use the N-word? That's a character flaw. You're doing this to your woman. What are you doing out there when you're out here, out here in these streets in the city of Detroit? Pianessa was charged by the Wayne County prosecutor with domestic violence, but later pled no contest to destruction of property. He was sentenced to nine months probation. There's no excuse for 
his continued employment after this. DP no! acknowledged it would normally fire an officer for what Pionessa did, but instead gave him this last chance agreement. Approved under former Chief James Craig in 2020, it said if Pionessa engaged in similar misconduct, he would be fired. He agreed to seek treatment for alcohol abuse and served a 20-day suspension. And did Sergeant Pionessa actually serve the suspension? No. We have documentation showing he used his comp time in order, in lieu of serving a suspension. Wow! That's not leadership. Two years after signing his last chance agreement, Sergeant Pionessa would arrest Sandra Wilson. Her lawsuit, filed in Wayne County Circuit Court, seeks $10 million. All Good on her! Get it, woman! behavior that ultimately led to Sandra Wilson's unlawful arrest and possibly countless others. Sergeant Pinesa declined to talk to me by phone but did email a statement. It reads in part, a half decade ago my life came to a crossroads. I was struggling with an addiction to alcohol. When I hit my rock bottom I realized I could not- It's gonna be Jesus! As a person and a police officer I strive to be kind and have empathy for those who are struggling and need help. To all those struggling with addiction, there is hope and redemption in recovery. Detroit police also released a statement applauding Fuck him. confronting his alcoholism. They said, in part, Sergeant Pionessa has had no violations resulting in discipline since 2018, and he has complied with all stipulations from his past cases. Unfortunately, Sergeant Pionessa's conduct predates the department's current disciplinary and risk management protocols, but his progress to date is promising. I'm Ross Jones. 7 Action News. And I'm Justin Freakin' and I'm disgusted. Fuck. Why I hate cops. I'd like to do to cops what apparently Patty Smith did to Ted Nugent on the radio 45 years ago. So I missed this by a couple of days because I was off, but on June 16th, 1978, there's a show called Lunch with Lubin. Ted Nugent and Patty Smith. We have the audio. This should be really good. Time for sailing. This WABS. Is your name really Theodore? It's true. It's Theodore, true. Theodore, Theodore. Listen, Theodore says hi to young Patricia who just sleezed in the door out there. I see you out there, Patty. Don't pretend you're not here. We smelled you when you crossed Woodward and Grashit. Listen, is this tune that we just played, Ted? Is that the autobiographical? Snakes and Cowboys? No, actually, that's about queers. Huh? Wow. No, that's a song. I thought maybe that you had uh, well, off some animal and uh, made a jacket. Snakeskin? Uh, yeah, stuff like that. You know, I used to wear that kind of stuff. In fact, I still got some snakeskin boots lurking around some closet somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, snakeskin cowboys. You know, who the hell you think you are? What was it we were talking about while listening to this? The, oh, ah, yes, the new, band. new band. Here she is. Have a seat. Patty's going to make a statement. Out. She's going to make a statement. One o'clock. One o'clock, my rectum, honey. Give me the mic. One You're from New York. I'm from Detroit. I am from wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. We can't have any fights here in the studio. Don't touch me. I know you said that last time. Get your time. fucking hands off Look me. Well. On the air. Take your hands off me and out. All right. All right. We got it. Oh, 
Okay, now I don't know if I dare turn on Ted. I'm sorry. Can I turn on the other microphone now? Okay, now wait a minute. Wait. Patty Smith is my sincere Wait, Ted, start apology. that sentence again. Have, again. I said if there is somehow I have offended Patty Smith, and I wasn't aware of her change of attitude in life, well, I listen, really apologize. Well, listen, could we, could we even uh, really not talk about that? Patty will be here and uh, chat with us, and maybe uh, we'll get into it or what have you. Um, I'll, I'll leave the Bible here. But I have to. Uh, the definition of emasculated is on the screen. And uh, I'm overwhelmed, and uh, Amazing. thank God that I had a, t- a tune-up on the really? and I could uh, give myself three and a half minutes to calm down. Thank God she only weighs 60 pounds. I'm telling you, boy, she got you right in the plexus there, Ted. That's I right, boy. I'm going to put her chair. through one of these plates here, man. No, no she's all right. You know, listen, whatever. Listen, Ted. She'll have to um, sometime. Go, Jerry. I'm we'll see you me. Saturday night. It's true. I'm glad you came by. It's my and, pleasure. Um, That's what I'm Go downstairs and talk to all the crazies on the all right, parking yeah. lot. And, yeah, um, if, you, if you're downstairs, I'm with you, man. I'll come down and... Okay. Get down I want to, uh, you know, maybe uh, we can get you up here again sometime soon sure. to talk about the new band. I hear you. And about uh, a lot of other things All that right. could be discussed. All right. And uh, good to thanks be back in Detroit. My pleasure, man. What can I tell you? And, um, <laughs> Woo! I hope everybody in town's uh, either inside or surrounding Cobo Hall. Yeah, I hope so, night. man. It's going to be good, clean fun, man. We got lots of good stuff. Great. It's going to be good. Jerry, live it up, man. Thanks for coming, Tim. We do appreciate yours. it. Okay, this is uh, WABX Detroit. It's five. That was Patty Smith, who apparently punched the shit out of Ted Nugent. And he really did change his tone. Patty fucking Smith. Corrected Ted Nugent. Live on a radio show. What a badass. Fuck around and find out, Ted. And he was, he was being a fucking jerk from the beginning of that. God damn. Nugent isn't known for forgiving and forgetting and perhaps evidence that exists in his 2021 reference to Smith's 2007 induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not angry that I'm not in there. Nugent told Variety, but why isn't a band like Triumph in there while Grandmaster Flash is? That's just dishonest. Why are Patti Smith, Abba, and Madonna in, but not Sticks? Patti Smith is in because she's a fucking legend of rock and roll. And she deserves to be in. Alright, I got a couple of sports videos. I don't usually do sports videos, but we're gonna we're doing some lighthearted shit. Are you guys ready for some lighthearted shit? Oh god, where'd the video go? I got you here. I got you. God, I'm I I have to buy a new mouse. I have spilt tea on my keyboard and mouse so many times that I'm having I'm having a uh, hard time with them, both keys and the mouse. So this is a young lady. Playing T-ball. It was not... I did not come on my mouse because my mouse up here is nowhere near where the come would be. And that's weird to bring up as we're, as we're watching. This is like, this is like a, a four-year-old, a five-year-old. This is 
Her first ever T-ball game. Her first ever T-ball game. No. I thought I turned. I thought I turned the music off. It was Bad Bunny or something. Little gal did a cartwheel on her way to first base. <laughs> they didn't know what to do. I will say, like, they had plenty of time to throw and get her out, but, like, she enchanted them with her cartwheel. So it was a very good move. Boom, she went for it. Bam. Legend. What a show off. Kids are cute sometimes. Kids are cute. Oh man, where's my other video? Oh no, oh no, I've lost it. I don't know if I can find it again. <laughs> I can see if it's in my history here. Oh, there it is. Yep, yep, yep. I got it in my history. I got it in my history. We good. Let's so say this is another baseball related clip. I don't usually do the bla the baseball. Other people's kids are cute. Ah, he's crying. So I believe this is a Boston uh, Red Sox game, apparently. Now, I think the real loser in this is the guy that handed the ball to the kid. Like, that's what you get for giving a ball to a kid. Fucking ungrateful little brat just throws the fucking ball away. You could have kept that ball for yourself, motherfucker. No, you thought you, thought you were going to brighten that kid's day. Is it is it horrible? I think it's funny that the older brother is crying. He was so excited. <laughs> he yelled, he stomped, and then he started crying. <laughs> Oh, this is hilarious. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm sorry I'm laughing at the kid.
Okay. We did. That's, that's the sports section of the show. Let's move on to the animals section of the show. Is there an animal section of the show? Is that something that we do? I guess so. There is an animal section. Uh, I'm, I might want to play. I might want to play a content warning for this one. Cause this isn't a animal that everyone finds appealing. This grandmother decided she was going to, I guess, remove a snake from her residence. Uh, the poor dude's caught. He's caught in some fencing. It looks like he's trying to get himself out. Sorry, I did not I did not know that we were gonna get snake violence. The the video's title led me to believe that grandmother dealt with the snake without violence. <laughs> I hope she didn't hurt it. She's like, you know, you get yourself out of here. Now you go on, you get. Damn, he's long. She did give zero fucks about it. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was telling my buddy. I was like, they, they'll still like convulse on you and shit. I still want no part of them. I don't want to grab a snake. I don't want to grab a snake at all, but now let me give you something cutesy. I I apologize for the violence against the snakes. I know some people, some people fucking love snakes and there's, there ain't nothing wrong with that. They ain't for me. You can go love on a snake all you want to. I ain't for it. Here's a bear. Here's a bear taking a bath. Oh, look at him with his little legs up. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good night, Porg. Look how adorable this fucker is. It's playing. I want to domesticate a bear. 
I want a bear. <laughs> Look at that baby. I it can it can be both big and cuddly and also a killing machine. I this is up there with one of my favorite animal videos we've ever watched. These nuts, you might want to stick around. I might play this for another half hour. We may just watch the bear. <laughs> don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Look at his feet. Is this fake? Is it? Is this? Am I being pranked here? Is that not a real bear? Snakes are wrong. No matter what the snakes are always wrong. You never ask a snake a question. It is always going to be wrong. Do the opposite of what a snake tells you. <laughs> I don't like them. I'm not a fan. I like I like furry creatures. Like this bear, I I I would be more inclined to hang out with the bear than uh the snake. Oh, you think this might be a rescue setup? I mean, it looks awfully real, but like it's counting its toes. It's doing the cutest fucking shit. It looks very well taken care of. Like it looks groomed and shit. Like the whole putting its nose in the bag and then playing with the, I don't know if that's a fruit or some kind of a balloon behind him. It's just all too adorable. It's, it seems all set up. You know, I'm cynical about internet videos. That is just too adorable. The feet get me. Hey, you got toe beans and everything. Ah, uh, very cute.
He seems calm. Like. I'd try to pet him. I would lose a hand to a bear. Bear gonna bite my hand off. I'd try to pet him. It'll be worth it. Or big cat, I see a big cat, I'm going I love pandas too. I this seems to be like what, a teenage bear or something? It doesn't seem like it's that old. It's uh, it's also pretty sizable. It could smother me. Alright, that'll do it for tonight. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live. <laughs>